Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Fortifying Outcomes in Unresectable Stage 3 Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer, Current and Evolving Strategies to Optimize the Use of Consolidation Immunotherapy. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. I am Nicolas Girard, the head of thoracic oncology at Institut Curie in Paris. Today, we will review how to optimally use consolidation immunotherapy in unresectable stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer based on available evidence and guidelines. We will start by reviewing the evidence. The landmark trial in this setting is Pacific, a study that enrolled patients with unresectable stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer without progression after definitive concurrent chemoradiotherapy. These patients were not selected based on PDL1 expression status and had to be randomized after completion of CRT between Durvalumab and placebo. The results from Pacifix demonstrated a benefit in favor of Durvalumab, both in terms of median PFS and median OS. The other ratio for PFS is 0.55. This is a median PFS in the Durvalumab arm that was 16.9 months. The median OS benefit is also observed 29.1 months with placebo to 47.5 months with the value. And the long-term outcomes also show that these benefits are sustained over time. The Pacific data also translates in a real-world setting. We have data from Pacific R, an international retrospective observational study of 1,400 patients recruited in 10 countries, mostly in Europe. In Pacific R, this three-year overall survival rate is more than 60%, and this confirms the effectiveness of Durvalumab after CRT in a real-world setting. Here is a safety profile from Pacific with a limited number of treatment-related adverse events in the placebo arm and the durvalumab arm. The most common grade 3 for treatment-related adverse events were pneumonitis, less than 5% of patients in both arms. We have another trial with consolidation immunotherapy, which is a gemstone 301 trial conducted in China. In this study, sugemalimab was delivered for two years and patients with sequential CRT could be enrolled. We have PFS benefit in this study, which is significant, a reduction by 36% of the risk of disease progression in this study. The follow-up of patients is ongoing. The safety profile for sugemalimab was favorable with a minimum number of treatment-related adverse events. In the next session, let's review the guidelines recommendation on the use of consolidation immunotherapies. Consolidation immunotherapy is now considered a standard of care in patients with unresectable stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer. In the ESMO clinical practice guidelines, all patients with no disease progression after chemotherapy and radiotherapy in this setting should receive Durvalumab if PDL1 expression status is positive. This is based on the European approval for Durvalumab. Looking at the PFS data, this is an exploratory post hoc analysis based on the PDL1 expression cutoff of 1%. 
leading to show that in those patients with a pdl one negative tumor, we have a PFS benefit, but not translating into a significant OS benefit. Looking at the data from Pacific R based on PDL1 expression, Pacific R patients treated in the expanded access program for the Valumab had access to this regimen even if PDL1 status was negative. We have three year overall survival rate that compares to that reported in Pacific, both for PDL1 positive tumors and PDL1 negative tumors. Looking at PDL1 negative tumors, the magnitude of the difference is even higher between Pacific and Pacific R. This is reassuring with the use of Jovalumab both in patients with PDL1 positive and PDL1 negative tumors. In the NCCN guidelines, Jovalumab is recommended after definitive concurrent chemoradiation. And in those recommendations, based on the FDA approval, there is no restriction based on PDL1 expression, similar to what was done in Pacific. This is a summary of the approvals for the Valumab. We have also an approval for Sujemalumab based on Jepstone 302 trial in China for all patients who had not progressed following concurrent or sequential platinum-based chemoradiotherapy. Again, there is no restriction based on PDL1 expression status for the approval of Sujemalimab in China. In the next session, we will have a look at which patients may benefit from consolidation immunotherapy. In the Pacific trial, the selection criteria included documented stage 3 locally advanced unresectable non-small cell lung cancer without disease progression after completion of CRT. Patients had a performance status of 0 or 1, no prior exposure to any kind of immunotherapy, and no active or previous autoimmune disease or history of primary immunodeficiency. There have been historically numerous clinical trials showing the benefit of concurrent chemoradiotherapy versus sequential radiotherapy. But looking at real-world evidence, we see that the difference between sequential and concurrent is not that high because this is a matter of selecting patients able to receive concurrent or not able to receive concurrent chemoradiotherapy. In the Pacific trial, only patients with concurrent radiotherapy were actually enrolled. We have also data from a phase 2 trial, Pacific 6, which focused on sequential chemoradiotherapy. In this study, the median PFS after completion of sequential CRT was 10.9 months with a median OS of 25 months. The safety profile of Durvalumab was consistent with that observed in Pacific. In Pacific R, patients treated in a real-world setting through the expanded access program had access to Durvalumab both after concurrent or sequential radiotherapy. The figures for median PFS in Pacific R are clinically meaningful with a numerically higher PFS after concurrent chemoradiotherapy versus sequential radiotherapy. But these figures actually are numerically higher than that reported in Pacific for concurrent CRT and Pacific 6 for sequential CRT. And this is again reassuring with the use of Jovalumab consolidation both after concurrent and sequential CRT. Another third group of interest from the Pacific trial is NIGFR mutant on Swarcell lung cancer. There is limited benefit for Jovalumab in this subset of patients, both in terms of PFS and OS. 
if EGFR testing is available before initiating chemo radiotherapy, I believe that it is probably good clinical practice to exclude these patients from consolidation immunotherapy given the limited benefit observed in this exploratory analysis. Looking at the Gemstone 301 trial with sugemalimab, we have a benefit in terms of PFS observed with consolidation immunotherapy compared with placebo across all the pre-specified subgroup, including patients who received concurrent or sequential CRT. This is reassuring in the clinic for the use of consolidation immunotherapy after both sequential and concurrent CRT. In the next session, we will have a look on how to optimize the use of consolidation immunotherapy. A key question is how to optimize the outcomes of patients with consolidation immunotherapy for unresectable stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer. And this is a matter of selection of patients. We need probably to have an accurate assessment of some biomarkers. PDL1, at least in Europe, to select the patients for Durvalumab, EGFR mutation testing should probably be performed in this setting to exclude these patients from consolidation immunotherapy. Another crucial point is the decision-making for chemoradiotherapy. Which regimen should be used in a given patient, how many cycles, and should radiation be delivered concurrently or sequentially with chemotherapy? And this is mostly related to the general condition, the age, and the comorbidities of patients. Early assessment of non-progression after completion of CRT is crucial. In the Pacific trial, as well in the Pacific R study, patients who did initiate Durvalumab within 42 days after completion of CRT had a better outcome. So it's very important to have this early imaging to assess non-progression after completion of CRT. The follow-up of patients during consolidation immunotherapy is very important. We may also discuss in some patients presenting with oligoprogressive disease treatment beyond progression with a focal treatment of the oligoprogressive lesion. In patients presenting with recurrences, a discussion about subsequent therapies has to be led mostly in the setting of a multidisciplinary tumor board. A key point in the clinic is also to monitor patients for the most frequent adverse events. Pneumonitis is the most common adverse event in those patients. It may be related to radiation. It may be related to infection in those fragile patients with frequent COPD. But it may be also related to immunotherapy by itself, leading to temporary interruption in 5% of patients and permanent discontinuation in 9.5% of patients in Pacific R. The median time to onset of pneumonitis in those patients was 2.5 months, and the main treatment in those patients was corticosteroids required in 70% of the patients. Another side effect of interest in patients receiving immunotherapy for a long period of time are endocrine-related side effects, mostly pyroiditis, and we have algorithms for the management of those patients based on the ESMO recommendation. And these patients may also present with digestive tract-related adverse events. Again, a clear algorithm has been defined in this study. In the next session, we'll have a look at new immunotherapeutic approaches under investigation in the setting of consolidation therapy from undetectable non-small cell lung cancer. Several strategies are ongoing to optimize the outcomes of patients based on the data generated with consolidation immunotherapy. 
In the Nicola trial, a phase two study, nivolumab was delivered concurrently with chemotherapy and radiotherapy. This is an early initiation of immunotherapy in those patients, followed by consolidation immunotherapy. The data from the Nicola trial show the feasibility of such combination with a median PFS and median OS that are clinically meaningful and a limited number of side effects, especially number of pneumonitis below the pre-stated cutoff defined in this study. Pacific 2 is evaluating concurrent durvalumab and platinum-based chemoradiotherapy. In this study, durvalumab is delivered in combination with chemotherapy and radiotherapy and is continued during a consolidation phase. The data from Pacific 2 are pending. Another strategy to optimize the outcomes of patients is to combine durvalumab with other checkpoint inhibitors, such as oleculumab or monalizumab. The COST trial is a platform study that assessed such combination in the setting of consolidation after completion of chemoart. In this study, the reported outcomes in terms of response PFS are clinically relevant and may show that it is possible to improve the efficacy of consolidation treatment. There are numerous trials that are assessing these new strategies. Pacific 9 is a phase 3 study that is assessing oleclumab or mozanizumab in combination with durvalumab. To conclude, consolidation immunotherapy has demonstrated PFS and OS benefit after chemoradiotherapy in unresectable non-small cell lung cancer. This is an international standard of care stated by all regional guidelines. Consolidation immunotherapy has shown a sustained benefit after prolonged follow-up and has shown a benefit after concurrent or sequential CRT and across BDL1 subgroups. New strategies will include concurrent chemoradiotherapy combined with immunotherapy and optimized consolidation with new immunotherapy agents. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.